Welcome back to the Adaptable CEO. Oh God, help. I'm so sorry you guys had to endure that. On today's episode, we okay. asked on your Instagram and on the podcast Instagram for questions. Some questions about health, business, relationships, friendships, sort of anything. Yeah, and you really gave them to us. <laughs> All right, first question. It's a bit boring. We'll start with the boring. Yeah, okay. We're getting the hang of it. So, now. Tiff, what does your daily health routine look like? Oh, okay. A lot different to yours, that's for sure. <laughs> Miss Coke Zero over here. <laughs> Can you not talk about my daily health routine? Because otherwise I don't have anything to talk about. (laughs) Okay. It's just coke, coke, coke. No, sorry. Okay. I wake up, have a glass of warm lemon water. This sounds like I'm taking the piss, but I'm not. (laughs) Have a glass of warm lemon water. Have a cup of coffee. I've started having my against the grain coffee. Which I'm so excited about. I put a teaspoon of ghee, grass-fed ghee, organic, in my coffee. Put a teaspoon of collagen, collagen powder. Do I put anything else in there? No. I have my coffee, have a shower, and I've got like a red light therapy panel. Um, The brand is... Platinum LED, because I have a lot of chronic pain, fatigue, mitochondrial dysfunction, dysregulation, I think, dysfunction you'd call it. Um, I started using a red light panel about uh, about a year and a half ago, um, and I feel like it's helping. I feel like it helps my energy. Um, I feel like I don't have as big of a crash in the mornings as I used to um probably due to a couple of tweaks I've made in my routine but I do think the red light panel has really really helped um so I lay down I literally have a massage bed in my sauna room (laughs) I lay down on the massage bed it's like on wheels this thing is huge well it's probably like a meter long I lie naked under this panel on my massage bed. I do like seven, seven and a half minutes on one side of my body and then I turn over. And yeah, I mean, I don't feel any immediate difference, but I do feel like after using it for a couple of months, my fatigue has improved. So we love that, don't we? We love that. Um, What do I do after that? Have breakfast. Do you really want to know everything I eat in my day? It's just my health no, routine. Not, not really, I guess. And then what else? What else did I do? I mean, like, two years ago or a year and a half ago, I used to have to do daily enemas Yeah. to go to the bathroom. Like, I was blocked up, guys. I was blocked up. For about two years, daily enemas, sometimes twice a day when I was really, really unwell, when I had those moments. Um, So thankfully, I don't have to do enemas anymore. Um, 
But yeah, I, I tried a sauna, got an infrared sauna. I try and do that two or three times a week. I try to do some meditation when I can, when I'm not too lazy. I find that really helps. I try to get down to the beach. I find that's really grounding. It's hard living in Melbourne when the weather just changes so many times throughout the day. But I try to get myself to the beach as much as I can. Um, does that count as my health routine? Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff I've tried and done. Yeah, there's a lot I've of like, stuff here and there. I go to the gym. I've started going to the gym again. Very slowly getting there. And I've got a PT now, so that's exciting. Your turn, Anya. Well, what's your daily health My health routine is obviously just as extensive. That's why I'm just the image of health. Um, (laughs) Pinnacle of health. Wake up in the morning, pop a can of Coke Zero, (laughs) swig it down through a metal straw, which is very sustainable for the environment. Um, and then I, yeah, I take my heart med and my brain med. No, oh, I didn't even talk about my supplements. God. <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother episode. Oh, that's yeah, a whole episode. <laughs> Tune in to the next episode for a long list of all of Tiff's supplements. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically I do that and then I try and get through the day and try not pass out. <laughs> and if I feel like I'm going to pass out again, Chug I get some fast food. <laughs> Um, while she's in the sauna, while she's under the red light panel, oh she's chugging down yeah. the cokes. <laughs> yeah, no, like like we said last episode, I just have um a lot of Coke Zeros just to try and keep me awake and mm. moving because yeah, I just got such bad fatigue, and so that's the caffeine that keeps me going. Mm. That's what keeps my nausea under control. Got to do um, what you got to do. Yeah, no judgments. It's good for like motility as well because the caffeine it's all perfect. Yeah, it's magical. True. And then. I have my heart and brain med again at night. I, yeah, I'm supposed to do daily enemas or flushes, like with a system called Peristine, which is like a one litre flush. Um, but I don't always it, do it daily. Is so. it just you can't be bothered? Or you feel like you actually don't need to do it every day? It's honestly just like life gets in the way. Like yeah. life gets in the way. Like I still have like pain. Mm. With it, um, to be honest, there's probably like a little bit of trauma around it as well now. So yeah, I yeah. think like I do have a lot of barriers to doing it. Yeah. So yeah. Fair enough. Totally fair enough. Yeah. You do it when you can, and yeah, that's all we can do. Just do what I do. What I've we cannot do. beat ourselves up. Yes. Yes. So, our next question is. How did Tiff get diagnosed with Lyme? I've been sick for a while and I'm curious. Oh. <laughs> to whoever asked this question, I feel for you if, um, yeah, you're going through it and trying to figure out what the root cause is of your health problems. It's, yeah, it's a journey. It's a long journey. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's what it was like for me to get to my diagnosis. I don't remember the moment I got bitten by the tick because they can be so, so small, the size of a poppy seed. Um, But basically, I was experiencing so many symptoms 
from migraines. Um, I was getting numbness and tingling in my body, uh, brain fog, neck pain, TMJ disorder, like extreme TMJ disorder. Um, by the end of the day, my mouth, my jaw was like, it wasn't locked jaw, but I could barely open it to like a finger's width. Like I, I was just in excruciating pain. Um, I was getting diagnosed with burnout, um, fibromyalgia, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, but nothing was getting to the root cause I just couldn't understand I couldn't just couldn't accept a diagnosis like fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome like it just didn't make sense to me it did not compute in my brain so I was seeing all these doctors all these specialists and then I was just I was like googling one day yeah I was googling one day and came across this Australian or American he's got an American accent he was in he was on Australian TV called Didier or Didier Cohen. He was a judge on Australia's Next Top Model. Somehow I randomly came across him and saw he was yeah. talking about Lyme disease. You recognise yes. him? Yeah. And he he went to a clinic in America. He was talking about his symptoms. He filmed like a testimonial for them. And I was like, shit, his symptoms sound so similar to mine. But the thought of me having Lyme disease at the time seemed far-fetched because everything I was reading was saying you can only get it in America or and it doesn't exist in Australia. I'd never been to America. I'd been to Europe, Thailand, China, Fiji, up the coast of Australia, Queensland, which is a breeding ground for ticks. Um and Lyme. But yeah, I didn't know that at the time. So I sort of put it in the back of my head, put it in the back of my mind. And then I couldn't read any books because I, neurologically, my brain was fried from whatever I had. I didn't know what I had at the time. So I was in bed really depressed one day. I think I was like, just finished a cry. I was like post cry. I found an audio book from Yolanda Hadid um, that she had, she'd written this book called Believe Me and, you know, in the pits of my depression of not knowing what the fuck was wrong with me, I listened to pretty much most of her audiobook and that was about her experience, I, I can barely remember it now, I think it was, yeah, just documenting her journey with being diagnosed with Lyme, all the treatments she tried, it was all that sort of stuff and I was like, wow, she's sounding like me, that she's experienced a cluster of these symptoms. She had Lyme. Maybe that's what I've got. It was like, oh, I don't remember Didier or Didier, however you say his name. And I was like, this is really interesting. Um, then I came across Lyme Disease Association of Australia. I contacted them and they sent me a test kit, um, an Igenex test kit. I'd have to find a doctor to take my blood and they'd send my blood to America to this lab called IgenX and they'd test if I had the bacteria in my body. And I thought, oh, fuck, this seems like such a journey. Like, how the hell am I going to find a doctor to do this? Um, and I think um, the Lyme Disease Association may have given me 
the doctor's name who I went to. He's now retired, but he he was in the east side in Melbourne. So I booked in with him. I told him all my symptoms. He's like, yep, I can test you. Does sound fishy. Does sound like it could be Lyme, you know. He obviously didn't say. Anyway, I think it was six or eight weeks later, I got my results and they were positive. Um, And I think while I was waiting for those results, he had done some bloods for me and sent it to a lab, I think in Sydney or in Geelong in Melbourne. I can't remember. It was one of those two labs and my results came back equivocal. And he's like, yep, there's definitely something there. It's not positive, it's not negative. And our testing in Australia is very, very poor. It's not very sensitive. So getting the confirmation from the American lab was, yeah, the icing on the cake for me. And that's how I got diagnosed. And I think in another episode I can go more into maybe the treatments I've tried because it has been a journey. I've been here, there and everywhere. I've tried all sorts of things, uh, holistic Medicine, Western medicine, I've done, I haven't done it all, but I feel like I've done it all. (laughs) So that can be another episode. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much for your answer. That was really, really fascinating. And I don't think I knew that full story in like that much detail. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard to even think back sometimes because I block things from my memory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Understandably so. Yeah. Next question. I think this is a good one for you, Anya. Um, how do you manage your health with work-life balance? (laughs) Yeah, that's, it's a tough question to be honest, because I don't know if I, I don't know if I balance it well, and I don't know if anyone does, to be honest, and I wonder if they do, if they're telling the truth. (laughs) I agree. Honestly. Yeah. Um... So for me, I am getting better, I think, at just doing what I can, yeah. um, which is new for me. So when I'm sick, I just, which is all the time, true, but I just take t- the time that I need now, mm. which is something that is actually just new to me this year, that when I can't do something, like I just take the time to just lie down because I can just sit in front of a computer and just try and force myself to do stuff and I can't but then at the same time I don't take off time purposely to rest to prioritize my health to do the other things Mm. Um, because unfortunately I do have so much time out of work at the hospital at doctor's appointments doing things your free time's taken up yeah so I don't think that I can afford the luxury of necessarily prioritizing my well-being but I do prioritize my health and my acute things Mm. I hope that makes sense to people um because it is it is a challenge yeah I try and remind you now and again because it's easier when you're not going through it I'm not the one feeling your symptoms I'm not the one with all this work you have to do all these emails all these meetings yeah. so it's very easy for me and to say Anya take how many yeah. voice memos yeah. have I sent you before Anya and slow down or try and go to the beach a little bit or yeah. just take a break or it's like a Sunday it's a weekend and 
you're working and mm, and it's every weekend yeah like, I cannot remember a weekend in the past few years apart from when I was trapped on that cruise in January oh, where well which we will not talk about <laughs> where I just haven't done any work mm. and like it sucks in mm. a way but like my mind is constantly there and I don't yeah. think that is good for work-life balance um yeah and like it does challenge your health and mm. I think what I understand that a lot of people struggle with is that when you're stressed your stress impacts your health but when you take time off with your health obviously that will increase your stress because the amount of stuff you have to come back to so it's a really Such double-edged a, it's like taking sword. a sickie from work and like you're feeling guilty yeah. it's like you can't fully rest and recover yeah. so sometimes you may as well go into work and like sick. especially in entrepreneurship when you work for yeah. yourself there's no yeah. such thing really as a day yeah. off and like the model that Nothing we're building yeah is around like business continuity support which is fantastic but I often feel like I'm the business continuity <laughs> support yeah. and like without I just have you to try there's and no continuity juggle it all and no make moving. it all happen yeah um and yeah I distinctly remember when like the last kind of big surgery I had on my abdomen I went straight from the hospital to work afterwards and they were trying to keep me admitted for another day and night and I was like no no pretended I was fine got discharged and yeah I just went straight back to work and I was literally typing emails and vomiting into the bin from the pain and nausea and then typing emails and what about two weeks ago as well after that operation what did you do the next day you on a plane yeah (laughs) Yeah, so I yeah had um, a scope in my bladder and general anaesthetic and like an antibiotic flush out and all of that, and then less than twenty four hours later, I was on a plane to Sydney. I don't know how she does it. Yeah, people. I it's adrenaline. Up. It is adrenaline. It is adrenaline, but it all catches up now. Like yeah. I don't know if I'm just getting old or what, <laughs> but yeah. like I'm existentially it- tired. And it can't go you on. You just need more trips to Melbourne, more holidays. Mm, holidays. <laughs> well, this isn't really a holiday. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I try to be on your back about it, but of course, yeah. there's only so much. Yeah. One I day. Can say Rest one when day. I'm dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is my advice Rest to you, our week. dear listeners. Yeah, that's great if, advice. Yeah, if, if you've, Please don't listen to that, people. <laughs> if you've mastered it, let I, me know. Yeah. I, I don't take know your how. advice. I couldn't work for five years. And once mm. I quit, I... Was it five years? Four, four and a half years. I just... I couldn't. I couldn't. From bedbound to housebound to bedbound to housebound. I couldn't. I mean, I think we have different symptoms, though, as well. So the things that Anya struggles with that she can still do certain types of work I don't struggle with but like I couldn't do my work or, or the career I was in so it's it's very different for everyone it's very different I'm thankful now that I can work a little bit but to no way is it full-time like I used to mm. and it's just an adjustment you have to make and and so the you way can't that, feel bad about it the way that you manage your health with work-life balance is through part-time work do you think yeah part-time work and a very amazing flexible and understanding boss yeah like she's incredible and she also has my she also has Lyme disease so she understands um how I feel 
and um yeah she's been great amazing very flexible I'm very lucky um if I wasn't working for her I probably wouldn't have a job still so that's the reality and that's what we're trying to change um but yeah we can do a whole nother episode on that Mm, absolutely a whole nother deep dive into career and chronic illness and disability yeah um so our next question's a bit similar and mm. I think I'm starting to master this lately actually oh through not a productive way oh well, I like it's working for me currently that's the main thing okay so someone asked how to balance being productive in business while also managing fluctuating symptoms do you have a good answer for this or how do you balance do being productive? Don't have a good answer. You try and just do it and and yeah. deal with the symptoms. Yeah. But I think for me, like, it's just about constantly reassessing and adapting to whatever I'm feeling at different times. Mm. So something that I've been experiencing lately and that I was talking to you about, Tiff, like, was mm. that I've suddenly started having really bad fatigue, like, in the mornings and during the yes. days. Like, it's been killing me and it hasn't been like that as much usually because I like I don't really know when my fatigue was timed previously but it's just been lately Mm. mornings and like during the days like I just cannot function and then it gets to three or four and suddenly like I'm like okay mainly around four I start to come alive again and I'm like thank god and then so that like that way that from four until maybe like midnight mm. I can work and I'm like thank god yeah I can you're work. a gun at night and so like you can see like all of these emails coming out like yeah. you know 10 p.m 10 30 11 yeah I can write book chapters at that time like I can do so much work really late at night mm. which is fantastic and I can think clearly and I think it's also to do with especially up in Queensland the temperature is getting hotter and when yeah. it's getting hotter my body cannot cope with the heat because of, I think, like, the dysautonomia, which I haven't been formally diagnosed with, which is funny. So, I mm. don't know. Like, but my temperature regulation is just shit. Yeah. So, I think it's all of these, the combination of things at night, I can work really well. And so, what I was doing maybe a month back was, like, I was trying to push through the day mm. and work all during the day and then work late at night mm. because I was like, this is... Like, I have to work during the day. Of course I have to work during the day. Like, you think, oh, like a normal person. Yeah, <laughs> because, like, people are contacting like society. me. But because it's just been so bad lately, during the days, I've just been, like, sometimes just had done the meetings that I've had to do, had my phone on loud so I can reply, yep. answer calls. And then I've just rested Perfect. when I've had to rest. Yep. And then I've known around four or five when I come alive again, yep. that's when I'm going to do my being adaptable proper pro- yeah like, productive work yeah because that way I can answer a ton of emails and get things done but if I'm actually working during That's the day great. I'm not gonna get things no. done anyway there's no point I'm just gonna be exhausted there's no point I think that's that's actually a great piece of advice yeah to people is to just work to your strengths and if you've mm. got weaknesses at different times of the day if you've got lower energy more pain more symptoms if you've got to sleep in, just let your body sleep in if you've got that luxury, you know, yeah. like just making those little tweaks and adjustments to your schedule. Obviously, it's hard because not everybody has that privilege, but if you can find a job that suits or hobbies that suit 
sort of how your symptoms run because <laughs> you know you can get used to knowing when you're more tired when you've got more energy when you've got less pain I think that's very useful yeah, yeah you've got to keep a diary keep a diary of your symptoms just till you get a feel absolutely mm. perfect so we have another question um when do you disclose about your illness or disability to someone when dating? Oh, this is a tricky one, I would say. Like, and maybe we have different experiences. Yeah, I think we do. I think we do because I, like, my, my Instagram's on private. I'm, I'm not a public figure of any sort where people would look at my instagram account and notice you know that i've got a chronic illness so i look normal it's invisible i can go on a date and look and act normal and no one would know i could i could pull that stunt for a very long time i think to my own detriment of course and to the other person's detriment like i don't think that's fair um and I've spoken to so many friends who have, you know, similar health conditions to me and everyone's sort of got different ways of approaching it. And it's a very sensitive subject and I think each their own. Um, for me, I prefer to just be honest from the start, but not in a bombarding or super intense way I sort of like to sprinkle little breadcrumbs you know that I experienced this I've got this disease and often nobody's heard of Lyme disease or they've heard of it and then they have a million questions or they're like so curious about it because they've only heard about Justin Bieber or celebrities being diagnosed and you know nobody really understands the conditions so I sort of do it in increments when I'm dating I would say and yeah you sort of can tell by their reaction if they're a good or shit person basically I think yeah (laughs) I I keep it simple like that I'm not afraid I'm not embarrassed by it I if they react like oh oh that's weird which I've never had anyone say that then see you later basically it weeds people out I think then hiding it for so long and then being like oh by the way I've got this condition I can't do this 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 is this or I'm limited by this this is this this it's like you know I think it's it's easier for you to be yourself as well Absolutely. if you're up front. Yeah, I think it's such a good, like, detector. Yeah. Like, yeah. How about you? What do you find works I for think you? For me, it's, yeah, like you said, it's a bit different because people, if they know my name, like, or they know my social media, they can see everything straight away. Mm. I don't really have that, lo- like, level of privacy. Mm. Um. I don't really have that ability to choose and it's not like it's been taken away from me. It's that at some point in my life, I made the choice to have that disclosed publicly and now I have to live with that choice. And because I made that choice at one point, I felt like I needed to continue making that choice. 
Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm happy with that because I think that I'm not disclosing it to people that I want to date. I'm disclosing it because I think that it'll make a positive difference in other people's lives through advocacy. 100%. Um, I know that other, you know, disability advocates are like anti-disclosing diagnoses and stuff for different reasons. And Mm. like, I very much understand that. But Mm. I think from my perspective, like in a rare disease community, I've seen a lot of benefit, especially in educating medical professionals. I know everyone's different. Yeah. But like, I have quite a strong stance on it. Um, but then, like, when it comes to dating, I just haven't had any privacy in that way. Mm. So I think, like, when I've had an opportunity to actually date, I think that in in some ways, like, I've wanted people to get to know me as a person. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if I have an opportunity for people to have some conversations with me without knowing about it, so they see me as a person first... I've yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. But then I do want them to know I agree. absolutely everything because, like, it's important. Like, 100%. Bef- before I meet them, before it goes further, before I have any ounce of connection with them, really, because yeah. that is me, that is my life. And I know a lot of people are not accepting of it. A lot of people are not understanding of it. And I don't want to waste my time. You don't want to waste your time. You don't want to have to pretend you're okay when you're not. No. And it's not that I feel like a burden or Mm. anything like that. It's Mm. that I know that some people are just shit. Yeah. And like, I don't Just protecting your energy and protecting yourself. Um, It was really funny. I was set up on a blind date a few years back and this guy was- Do I know this story? I think I do. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Sky was a bit older than me and he'd been waiting for like the one for a really long time. And he had a long list (laughs) of like everything that he wanted in a woman. Sure that's not you? (laughs) The long list? (laughs) I don't have a list. I don't have a list. I have a list. Well, I do have like a we made the list of everything we don't want together. <laughs> we do. Um, but yeah, had a long list of everything that he wanted in a woman. I think it was like 60 or 70 points long. Oh my God. It was very long. Anyway, so we met, we had a blind date. Like he really liked me. Like it was, it went very well. Um, and then he went away for a week or two, three, I don't know. And we we're like messaging and he then sent me his list. Oh, sorry. On the plane. He bought my book and he read my entire book. Oh my god! Right, so I was like, usually massive green flag because yeah. like, if people aren't gonna read my book, then go away. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like if you're not gonna put effort in and actually read my book, because it's getting to know you and your if, yeah, history and, and your, showing yeah, showing interest in me 100%. and what I've done. Like if I w- if I was dating someone and they'd written a book, yeah, I'd be reading mm-hmm. that before I even met them. Yeah, like I find it disrespectful if you haven't read my book. Yeah, and I was just thinking, <laughs> I haven't, haven't read, read my it. book, and I was like, fucking hell, I Tiffany. haven't read it. I you need haven't to read, read it. my book. Yeah, <laughs> I need to read it. You need to read Do my book. Do I get a free coffee? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I, I get I the audio version? The aud- is it on Audible or something? I don't know. I feel like. Well, oh, I thought yeah. it was. Have you someone said to me because I was, suck I with thought... books. I yeah. really don't take it personally. I just suck. Like yeah. I wasn't reading books for so many years because of Lyme. Yeah. So then trying to get back into it, I'm just like even one of my other friends who wrote a book and I bought her book, and I've read chunks of it, but I haven't read it all. Yeah. So if it's in front of me, I'll read chunks of it. Yeah. Or like in order, but it'll take me a long time yeah. to finish. Maybe, Maybe you can narrate version. it for me. Yeah. In person. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> anyway, so you've read my entire book. So obviously, that. those that haven't read my book, it's basically an overview of like every 
health thing that's happened to me, almost. Yeah. Up to like 18. So he's read all of that, right? Yeah. And then he's like, it sends me a message, you know, you're amazing. Like, you're fantastic. I read your book. I love it. Like, this, that. Full of compliments. Cute. So I loved it. So thinks I'm fucking great. Sunshine's out amazing. of my ass. So that's fantastic, exactly. right? And then he sends me his list of like the 70 items that he wants in a woman. Oh. Right? And he goes, I think you're this person. Like, you're it. You're this list. You're the full thing. Like, you're Mm. the one. Like, I think that this could be it with us. And I read his list. I'm doing the vomit. Like, I'm sticking my finger I read the list. And guess what's on it? (laughs) I know what's... I remember Healthy. (laughs) Healthy. (laughs) And I think... How did you, you just, just read 236 if pages of me, like, almost anyone, dying 50 times? Laugh. Oh, my God. And you got healthy? <laughs> like, have Mate, I failed as an author? you should deleted that before you sent the list. Like, how sh- silly can you I be? blew up, obviously. I, I could not yeah. control myself. Yeah. So, I can imagine. Anyway. Well, that ended that, like, there. Yeah. Yep. So. It weeds people out. Well, it didn't weed him out, apparently. Well, not quick enough. He did not c- compute. Very How sick, it, dying it, person. So, did you do that on Healthy, purpose, mate? Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's how we <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, that is how we deal with it. Um, how do we look after our mental health? <laughs> that's whoever, a good question. Whoever asked this clearly doesn't know us personally because we don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> Therapy. We do not know. That'll be a quick one. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. We both see psychologists, not the same one. No. Mine's a psychotherapist. Okay. Well, I see a psychologist. Yeah. I've, I've tried many. Psychotherapists are fantastic. She's really great. Yeah. She's in Perth. So we do Zoom consults. I know you see yours in person. Yeah. Which I think that's that's better if you yeah. can. I yeah. I cannot handle, um, like... Tele- help yeah um psychologist fair yeah for some reason i need to read their vibe and energy no that's totally fair i think thank god we connect well and yeah she doesn't gaslight me like all the other psychologists <laughs> have and yeah no, that's and good. she yeah doesn't tell me what to try or what to do for my health yeah so i've had that happen oh go to the alfred do that what's the thing the alfred the Pain management um, clinic or something. I'm just like, just no. I don't want to be told it's all in my head. Yeah. It's not all in my head. I've uh, been so triggered by it. It's about finding the right one. Don't give up if you haven't found the right therapist. Because, yeah. This is for anyone in general. Yeah. And I think like, don't, don't knock therapy. Like for so long, I would not tell a single soul that I would ever see a psychologist. And I didn't for a very, very long time. Mm. Um, But like, especially ever since getting NDIS, like now it's all funded. Like I can go see a psych Mm. and I just go and have a chat. And some weeks we just sit and laugh and joke about how weird my life is. And then other times I just sit and cry and tell her that everything is going to shit so it's just a mix you know Mm. and it's just good to like sit and talk to someone who can be like a neutral observer and point out things that you may not have thought about or ways that you haven't considered things and patterns that you might have 100 Um, and it's just good to become more self-aware and critically analyze in a different way I agree 
Yeah. Cannot I thoroughly recommend enjoy it, it enough. And be patient in finding the right one. Um, yeah. I put it off for so long because I had so many triggering bad experiences. Mm. And then when I found this woman, like, I'm converted. Yeah, absolutely. Fully. We actually have a ton more questions, but... Believe it or not. We are getting towards the end, so I might just choose we'll try and one more. Short and sweet. Do you want to choose one final one, actually? Okay. All right, no pressure. No pressure. Do this one. How does having disability slash chronic illness impact the way people view you personally? That's a really good question. Stop, you're going to make me throw someone under the bus again. Oh, <laughs> I'm here for it. Oh, let's make up another name. Huh? Do you want to go first? Oh, how does having chronic illness impact the way people view me personally? Well, we'll have to ask those people, but to get the most accurate... answer but I do feel like the more I've the more I used to I used to speak a lot about my chronic illness and my experiences to my healthy friends or non-chronic illness or disabled friends and I noticed they would they would treat me differently they 100% would the friendship dynamic changed. And then I think I just, over time, I just would say less and less. And then would talk about normal surface level conversation, just normal conversation, or I'd help them with their problems. Most of my problems were health related and I just stopped opening up about it um, to them. And would lean more on my family and my partner for support. Um, so it's it's difficult because I think it you want to be open with your friends and let them in on, you know, what's going on in your life. Because that, that took up 99% of my life for such a long time, my health and what I was going through. But then it changes the dynamics. It's really, it's really hard. I don't know. I found it extremely difficult. I lost a lot of friends. I felt like I had to cut out a lot of people because it's not even like they were asking me how it was going. Um, I think I just gave up and then just sort of the friendships just sort of disconnected Yeah, and we went our own ways. And now I just, I feel like I've got such good friends now where I can open up, be myself, talk about my struggles with my health and what I'm going through. And I'm not met with, oh, that sucks. That's so sad. Like, I'm not met with that reaction from these people. Um, I'm met with, you know, encouragement or just understanding. No one's, they're not trying to fix me or fix what I'm going through and then we can move on and talk about other things and I just feel like the connection's deeper so I think it's about finding your people um and not sticking around the ones that make you feel like shit I don't know if that answers the question I think it does yeah I think yeah you really nailed it like the only thing that I would really add is that yeah exactly as you said we can only really guess what other like how other people view us yeah and guess based on our perceptions of what they've perceived of us yeah um and what they've maybe told us if 
we're lucky enough for them to be direct enough to tell us the truth to our face. Yeah. Um, which is rare. Yeah. Um, to be honest. <laughs> but what I've gathered from my experiences is it's obviously a very mixed bag, but people do, mm. I think, view you differently, unfortunately. And I think people just find it uncomfortable when they you're do. sick. And yeah. they don't know how to deal with it. And even though I'm around people that have disabilities and chronic illnesses and sicknesses and dying and whatever all the time, like, mm. I still don't know how to handle it well. Yeah. There are people that are very close to me who have experienced severe illness, you know, terminal mm. illness. Yeah. Um, and all of that. And I think about them every day. Yeah. And I love them with my whole heart. And I wish yeah. I was there so much more, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, and not because I'm not necessarily, but because like I don't reach out enough and I don't do enough because I don't know how to be there in the way that they need me to be there. Yeah. Because I know from my own experience that when people have said certain things to me and people have done certain things to me and all of that, yeah. that it hasn't been the right way of doing it. Yeah. And they, it's and not, it's not like they've tried to be malicious mm, or anything. It's just, yeah. it's, there's so many triggers. And like every time I get upset about something, like my mom just is like, everyone's in their own world and it just yeah. drives me fucking insane but it's so true it because is true. everyone is on in their, their own, own world yeah. you know like so I might be you know in a hospital thinking that like I'm dying and my world's absolutely crashing down and thinking yeah. like why is this person not messaged me they know yeah. that I'm in hospital how can they be not thinking of me they mustn't care about me like blah 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 but in their world something else is crumbling down like yeah. or they're going through whatever yeah and like we take it so personally because we, what yeah. we're going through is so intense. We're so vulnerable. Heavy. It's awful. And I think it's just that feeling of being so misunderstood. Mm. And I think there's also the perception that, you know, illness is something that's sad. You know, disability mm. is something that's sad. And yeah, it is in some ways for some people, but sometimes it is just a way of being. It's just a state of being. Yeah. Um, it's not in a state of transition yeah Yeah, and it is neutral Mm. and I think the question around like how are you how are you going is such a dangerous question it's something that we're so accustomed to ask all the time hey how are you are you better how are you going hey what's happening (laughs) or hey what have you been up to (laughs) and like when you're constantly asked by friends hey how are you or hey what have you been up to yeah and you're sick and you actually tell them the truth yeah (laughs) That's a conversation killer. Oh yeah, that's a buzz kill. Because then the conversation's like you're telling done. The, truth. the conversation's done. You haven't been up to date with the latest TV shows yeah. on Netflix because you've got such bad light sensitivity and you haven't been able to watch fucking TV. You yeah. haven't been, you know, out yeah. and about. And like then, you know, if you tell them the truth, they can perceive you as negative and they don't yeah. want this negativity in their life or this or that or they don't know what to yeah. say or then they don't want to tell you actually guess what I've just got a new job or I've just been in a new relationship or I've got a new house and they're hiding things had sex from with you. this exciting guy or yeah. whatever I yeah. don't know I yeah don't, but like also sometimes you don't want to hear it because you're going through hell but sometimes you do want to hear it because yeah. like I just want to be out of my world you for a bit you know yeah. so it is challenging it's such a I fine get it. line it's I so difficult it. <laughs> so yeah life's hard I don't have a good answer <laughs> but we get it at and least if you are our friends you could just reach out and repair the relationship. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> reach out and repair the relationship. No, I'm joking. Like, or not? I'm not fully joking, but yeah, I was yeah, going to say, think, where's the bit you threw someone under the bus? Oh, I was going to say that. Um, like, yeah, people have ended things with me, mm. like because 
of my disability oh. because I'm too sick, like all the time. Same. Yeah. All the time. Oh, like yeah. it's you're too disabled, you're, you know, too sick, you yeah. don't come to things enough, like Whether you're too distant. To like, not, you know, I know that you're sick and I know that this is going on, but like you're a shit friend because you don't reach out enough. Mm. Like I know. Mm. I wish I could tell you the hell that I'm going through, mm. but you wouldn't believe me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? You would not do half the things that I've already done for yeah. you. The amount of and resilience. if I had to explain it, you wouldn't care and you yeah. wouldn't listen. So it is what it is, that's darling. It. Like, that's it. The amount of, like, resilience and, like, oh, I just remember being sick. I was on the Gold Coast seeing my doctor. This was when I was first diagnosed. I was getting this intense hypothermia treatment for, like, two months straight. I was in all sorts. And... A girlfriend who I was close with. She wasn't my best friend, but she had called me and she was just over text. She was just venting about work, how much she hated her job and she wanted to quit. Um, And I'm thinking in my head, find another job, quit. Like, solution there. Easy. Obviously, when you're in that situation, it's a lot more stressful than that. I understand completely. But she knew... (laughs) You know, there's a time and a place. She knew what I was going through. She knew I wasn't well. And I was on the phone, I think, for about two hours with a splitting headache after one of these treatments, counselling her through, like, her emotions. Just, oh, but it's a really good job, but this or that. Mind you, I was unemployed because I had to quit my job. Mm. Like, I think I'd quit my job eight months prior so then I became basically bed-bound, house-bound, um, and then diagnosed and whisked off to the Gold Coast for treatment. So I was, I was like, my life, that was, how old was I, fucking 22, my life was already, like, crumbled. <laughs> and mm. I'm, I'm still counselling her. I didn't think anything of it. And then afterwards I reflected, and when she didn't reach out for the rest of the next couple of weeks, all the conversations were about her job and me asking her because that's the sort of person I am you know and I'm a people pleaser I want to make sure everyone else is happy I wanted to try and keep my friendships alive as much as I could but was I being asked how I was going I literally was not she did not ask me once she did not ask me once I was so upset at that and now I think I wouldn't have someone like that in my life like I just wouldn't I wouldn't I, you know, I can totally understand things slip people's minds, but if you know someone's going through something, just pick a time and a place sort of vibe, you know, yeah. pick your audience. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Absolutely. But not even if a health situation, if, if a friend's just lost someone or, you know, someone's going through a hard time with their spouse, like, and you're here complaining, you forgot to buy bloody milk and bread in the morning. Like, just pick your audience sort of thing. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. So. It's a pretty long ep. I think we'll wrap it up. We will. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for coming along the journey. And thank you all for submitting your questions. And we do have the ones that we haven't got to. We will answer them at some point. Yeah. Somehow. We Save promise. Yep. We'll work it out. Um, <laughs> we are problem solvers, if nothing else. Um, so... Thank you again, and we will be back next week. 
Ciao. Thanks, guys. Bye.